Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. All right, everybody, welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm your host, Kuhn Anderson, and today we have Jimbo Keith, the owner of operator of Saltwater Assassin Fishing Company in the Cedar Key. Cedar Key, Florida. Yep. So where's that? It's about an hour west of Gainesville, Florida, where the Gators play there at uh, University of Florida. So if you take Highway 24 straight west uh, from Gainesville, you'll dead end in Cedar Key. It's a little island community. Uh, it's a pretty neat place. Yep. Pretty neat place. So you own a charter business, huh? Yeah, me, along with my dad and my cousin and an uncle. So we got a family business. Uh, my dad started it back in 1985. And I kind of came on board about 16 years ago. So I've been guiding about 16 years, had my captain's license, and uh, went full-time about six years ago. So this is all I do. Uh tell a lot of people it's not a real job. I've had real jobs. But uh don't get me wrong, it's work. But, I mean, heck, I'm on the water and I love it. This is my first time talking to you, so uh give me a little bit uh, about yourself. 41 years old, got three kids and a wife. And uh I live my dream. No kidding. Uh, I always wanted to be a professional fisherman as a kid. Uh, growing up, I watched my dad fish the freshwater uh, bass series and uh, thought that's what I wanted to do professionally. And the Lord had other opportunities that I could fish professionally and stay at home and not have to travel. So that's he got into the guiding career that way on the saltwater side. So I just kind of fell in his, his uh, footsteps and, and came on along that to keep it going. So was your... Was your family uh, growing up always into fishing and, and having a charter business? Man, I'm a third generation, probably fourth generation fisherman, but I'm second generation guide. Uh, I don't think my son will want to do it. I tell him he's a little too smart to be on a boat guiding. So. <laughs> <laughs> but he loves outdoors and fishes and stuff any chance he gets, but uh, he's got other plans. So... Um... How did you decide on becoming a charter captain? I know, obviously, you said that you're second generation, but uh, just the love and the passion? or Yeah. Uh, at first, I took on as a way to make money on the side, just a different way to make a living, uh, provide for my family. But when I took my first guide trip, uh, let me step back a little bit. I started, my dad made me fish on the boat with him so I could learn the business instead of just throwing, throwing me to the wolves. He wanted to train me right so I could do it the right way. Uh, and knew how to take care of people and, and, and learn the correct way to run a charter service. And uh, since the first people I took on the boat on my own, I have fell in love with it, and I don't ever want to do anything else. Uh, the smiles that people get when they catch their first fish or their hundredth fish or their millionth fish, everybody's excited, and it's just it's an awesome, it's grat- gratifying for me uh, as a guide to see the memories other people are making on the water. Uh, and I, I, how often are you on the water? I'm on the water about six days a week, five to six days a week. Uh, last year I fished 274 trips. So that's a bunch of days on the water, (laughs) but I love it. You said six, six years of charting? 16 years. Oh, 16. Yeah. 16 years. Yep. So my dad's been doing it since, since 1985. So we got a pretty good customer base. Uh, local and the far people from all over the world. So it's uh, and what kind of fish are you primarily going for? 
Uh, we do primary inshore fishing in the Big Bend area, so our bread and butter fishing is trout and redfish. Uh, we're starting to have some snook show up our way, which is very good. They're getting more common. Uh, but we catch cobia, triple tail. We have some tarpon show up, uh, catch Spanish mackerel and bluefish, all the, all those kind of fun species. But our main thing that we're trying to tackle is, you know, you trout and redfish, speckled trout. We catch some sand trout along with them too, which is some people call silver trout. But, uh, basically people that fish for people to eat, uh, they like to come to us to get fish for a fish fry and stuff. So if you follow our Instagram pages and our Facebook stuff, you'll see the fish that we're catching and bringing to the dock. It's just a lot of good food and a lot of good fun. Let's get but, that started off early. What What is your Instagram? My Instagram is Captain Jimbo Jr. It's C-A-P-T-J-I-M-B-O-J-R, just abbreviation. And our Facebook page is Saltwater Assassin Fishing Charters. And I also also have a YouTube. It's under Captain Jimbo, Jimbo Keith also on my YouTube. So when you guys do charters and stuff, do you usually make uh, YouTube videos? Uh, sometimes I do. My YouTube's a little weak right now, but my Instagram and Facebook, they're up the far. So I like a lot it. of good like pictures. It. Yep, absolutely. So you were talking, uh, you're catching redfish and I'm from the West Coast. So redfish, mm-hmm. I've, I've heard of them multiple times now, but I want the down and dirty on what a redfish is. Uh, out kind of up in the Louisiana and Texas, Mississippi, they call them a red drum. Uh, they're bottom feeding fish uh, that... They have a, everybody's characteristics of a redfish has a spot on their tail. And most of them do, but they are some that don't have a spot. But they're a very good eating fish. They came very popular when uh, Paul Perdone in Louisiana started serving black and red fish. And overnight, they got very popular. That's what I've been told. Ever since I was a kid, redfish has been a popular game fish. Now you can see tournaments all over the Big Bend, all up the East Coast and West Coast, where redfish are caught. They have tournament series on it, which is really neat also. Uh, but it's a, it's a, that's that right? it, brother. That's it. That's it. I'll show you one I caught today. How about that? That'll yeah, show me better. that. I'd love that. Yeah. So, uh, How big yeah. are those getting? They got to be 18 to 27 inches. This one was, was 29 today? inches. Yeah, that was today. Oh, that's wow. That's an old captain uh, that came in fish boom. Believe it or not, that guy's 90 years old was on my boat today. Are so, you serious? Uh, <laughs> 90 years old guy still going like strong so it's awesome uh yeah but that's cool stuff that's people like that that i get to meet on my job that's you know it's pretty neat stuff so how long has he been fishing but, with you uh that's a matter of fact this is his first trip with me uh the person that brought him the person that brought with him has came with me several times uh but that's the first time on the boat and he said he will definitely be back <laughs> so that's that's what you want to hear what's the biggest redfish you've caught uh biggest one i've caught is about 37 to 38 inches uh the biggest one i've actually had in my boat was 42 and a half and my wife caught that and she does not let me forget that <laughs> but are they pretty good fights long. oh they're very good fight they don't jump or anything but they come up on top and bull and and strip a lot of drag they just they never really give up they school up so you can catch multiple fish in one spot uh or they'll be in singles but they i've seen four or five hundred fish in one school before and when they're like that it's you can throw just about anything in there including a bear hook and catch them it's pretty are you serious oh yeah when they're schooled up and really feeding it's pretty nuts so what makes you like uh fishing for redfish so much uh people like to catch them so if people like to catch them i want to catch them uh people ask me all the time what's my favorite fish to catch 
I like to catch the one that's biting. So yeah. that's my standard answer. It don't matter what it is. If there's fish out there eating and, and they're biting, that's the ones I want to go catch. So, Is there yeah. a time of year that redfish are more prominent to catching? Uh, in our area, September and August, September, October, November is probably the prime redfish month. But we can catch them year-round pretty much. But those that fall months in the Big Bend all the way out to Louisiana is pretty good uh, for redfish. It's just the big bulls are starting to come in from offshore and come in to start feeding up on the flats and stuff, and you can really target them. <laughs> they school up really good. What kind of water temp are those fish liking? Uh, they'll be anywhere. From, I mean, redfish is one of those fish that the, the cold water doesn't really affect them as bad. Uh, we catch them right through the winter when the water temperature gets down in the 50s. Uh, they'll wow. still stay they'll stay active, and you can catch them. Now, you might have to go to a, to a live bait, like a live shrimp, uh, to get them to bite instead of artificial. But uh, they, they're very catchable in the wintertime. But when the water gets hot, that's when they get very active. When it gets up in the 80s, upper 80s in surface temp, like we'll get here in July and August, and it'll stay pretty hot right on through September, October. And uh, they will bite. So they really like it. You were saying uh, they're usually in schools. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. How big are those schools usually? Uh, it depends. Sometimes the schools will have several hundred fish in the school, and then some of the schools will only have 10 or 12. Um, the guy, My guide community, when we're on the water and we're talking back and two on the phone, uh, we'll be talking about, you know, we, we're on a pretty good school, a pretty good bite. In Cedar Key, the water doesn't get gin clear like it does other places. So we don't get to sight fish, but you'll pull up to a point on an oyster bar or a grass point and we'll throw cut bait up there generally is what we use on our charter trips. We're using cut mullet or cut ladyfish that is a bait fish in our area. And you'll know there's a school there because you'll start catching multiple fish. Uh, when you throw it up there, usually bite pretty quick because they're, they're going to feed, try to get it from the other guy. They feed like pigs. You know, if there's a bait up there and there's 10 of them up there, they're going to try to be the first one to the bait. So they, they're pretty aggressive. With fishing for redfish, is it normally by sight? Is that normal? That That's common in other places, but not as common in our area. There's a few okay. guys that are that are doing the polling skiffs in our area and catching fish, but my primary way of fishing is not sight fishing. Uh, we, we're fish, generally fishing by area instead of by sight. Have you had the opportunity to fish for redfish in any other places? Uh, I have a little further south, but other than that, I have not, no. I stay too busy right here at home. <laughs> don't get to yeah. travel off a lot. Yeah. Are there any but, uh, regulations on them? Yeah, you can have one per person in the state of Florida, and they have to be 18 to 27 inches long. So they actually have a slot. So if he's smaller than 18 inches, you got to throw him back. If he's over 27, you have to throw him back. And that is with a pinched tail. So their tail is kind of longer on the top. So when you slide him up to a measuring board, you got to pinch his tail down to make sure he's under 27 or that can work in the other way to make sure he's over 18. Uh, but that's, that's how you measure them. They're pretty strict on that. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a good, it's a good thing to have for people can't overfish them, but you know, you can go catch and release all you want and take home, you know, one per customer or one per person to eat for dinner and you get a pretty good filet off of it. So, Is it pretty good eating? Oh, they're very good eating. You can grill them, fry them, blacken them. They're, they're very good. They're a milder fish. Yeah. So back to sights, sightseeing, are you, is the water pretty clear over there? Or are you using like polarized sunglasses and stuff to be able to see oh, all of it? Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. Uh, it's not, I don't get to sight fish for redfish a whole lot. There are some fish that we do sight fish for, such as the triple tail and, uh, polarized glasses are a must. Well, if you're going to be on the water, not even sight fishing for fish, but actually seeing operating a boat and that kind of stuff. When you're around oyster bars and stuff, you need a good pair of quality sunglasses to use. Uh, I love the, the salt life glasses. I wear them every day. You can see my glass line right there from, I'm, I'm wearing a pair of Cortez frames. Uh, I'll ha I have the green mirror lenses with, and with the amber tint. I love them. Uh, that's, that's probably my favorite ones to wear. Uh, I have a couple of different frames, but that's, that's, the amber tint is pretty good for, yeah, you know, amber there. tint is, is very good. Uh, and even without mirror, you can see a little bit better if you don't have the mirrored lenses and you just have the amber. A lot of guys like those. Uh, they say the mirror affects it a little bit, but I, I like the mirror. Keeps the sun a little more out of my eyes. So it seems to, but, uh, it's, that's, that's a must. Definitely a must. Where are those redfish usually hanging out? Uh, around oyster bars and, uh, in Cedar Key, we actually have some outer islands that are right there that are pretty big. There's actually about five uh, islands and they will stack up out there on those islands when they're coming in from offshore. They'll, they'll stage up on different places on them islands, such as oyster bars where they're actually growing live oysters are growing out there. Uh, in some places they'll get on rocks that are out there offshore a little bit. Uh, grass lines, shell. They like any kind of structure they can get on that has good current that's moving bait fish by them. Uh, they'll, they'll stage up in that current and, uh, they'll feed when they, when they turn on, they're feeding. And, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty easy when they're there. When they're there, it's it's pretty easy. So, do you guys use live bait a lot, or is it? Uh, give me the rundown on the bait and everything. They they will bite live bait pretty good. Uh, live pinfish, live mullet, uh, which is a finger mullet. It'd be you know pretty small, kind of about the size of this lure right here. Uh, this is a swim bait, the five inch swim bait. Is but, that is uh, that something you would use too? Oh yes, yeah, the bait I use in the tournaments quite a bit. Uh, I'm gonna show you a couple of my favorites here in a minute, but. Uh, cut mullets are pretty standard in our area, fished on a knocker rig, which is just a circle hook with an egg sinker down on it, uh, using a five alt, a five alt circle hook, uh, or a four alt, it don't really matter. But, uh, throw it up there and just let it sit on the bottom, and usually you can fish a spot 10, 15 minutes, and that's about as long as you need to sit there. A lot of people make that mistake red fishing. Uh, it doesn't take long. If they're there and they're active, you're gonna get bit. There's no need to sit there all day. Uh, they like the tide moving in our area. We have about a four foot tide swing, but you know, from, from dead right there at low tide to high tide, usually four to five hours. And then you have that again on the outgoing and that tide movement is key to getting bit. If the, if the tide's slack and it's not moving, nothing's feeding. So fish are going to feed on that moving water. And that's the, that's really the ticket to it. So talk to me about artificial lures then. Let's get into that because there's probably, I mean, there's obviously so many different colors that you can choose from. There's ton of colors you can choose from. A redfish is pretty much anything gold or silver, a redfish is going to eat. They just, that's the color that really kicks to them. Uh, especially in our area, a gold Johnson spoon, which I don't have one laying here, is a killer. Uh, one of my favorite baits is made by Rapala. It's called a skitterwalk. It's the topwater bait that you walk the dog with. Uh, this color, it's gold with an orange belly. It's got a black back on it, but it's got an orange belly. It's very good up in our area. Redfish will crush it. With that one, because it is a topwater bait, is that shallower water you're using those in? Yeah, if it's real shallow water, like two foot or less, 
this is what I'm going to be throwing. And it's got a pretty good knock in it. For some reason, they they really like that knock. Uh, if I'm fishing in two to three foot of water for them, this is a suspending bait made by Mirror Lure. Uh, it's got a gold, any of the gold reflective. But if you, you twitch it, twitch this bait around, and then it'll suspend kind of. That sticks in their face. Uh, they love it. And then, like I showed you before, this is a little swim bait. You just throw it out there and pretty much reel it in, and they'll thump it. And it looks like a little bait fish coming through the water, puts out a good vibration. Uh, those are some of my favorites, and they will nail them. Uh, that topwater bait, if you've never caught a redfish on, if you're a red fisherman, you never caught one on topwater, it's pretty exciting. Uh, they have to come just about out of the water to eat it because their mouth's on the bottom of their head. So they gotta <laughs> really, they gotta really come up there and just crush it, and it's, it's pretty, pretty intense. So. What about tides and stuff? Does it make a big difference between, you were saying the current, so obviously yeah. you don't want a slack tide or anything. Yeah, tide makes a huge difference. And and depending on incoming or outgoing, incoming's usually better for me, uh, but sometimes they'll feed better on the outgoing. Uh, whichever tide is probably the stronger tide of the day, that's going to be your, your better tide of the day. Yep, for sure, for sure. So even if it's low going high or high going low, whatever's the strongest? Yeah, whatever's the strongest. That's usually where they're going to bite the best. Yep. Today, uh, I, I had a good incoming tide, and that's that was the better bite for sure. For sure. What's yep. like the deepest you've seen those fish in and the, the shallowest? Oh, I've seen them in shallow enough to have their back out of the water. Uh, they're, you know, probably six, six inches of water. If the bait's there, they'll be up there feeding. Uh, they, they'll get in the creeks and, and be a school of them in there just going crazy over them with their backs out of the water. And then I've actually caught them offshore when they're spawning. There'll be a bunch of bull reds. They'll be in 40, 50 feet of water. So they'll be way out offshore. Yeah. Yep. They'll be out there in that. So, and you can catch them on, on our East Coast over toward, you know, uh, up in Jacksonville and stuff. You can catch them on the big jetties and stuff. They'll be right out there feeding on that on the beach. Uh, all the way out in Texas off the beach and stuff. It's, they're a pretty common fish to catch. Very fun to catch. So. What's your go-to, uh, rig or your go-to setup? Uh, artificial or, or any kind of bait? Yeah, anything. Anything? Uh, if I'm fishing by myself just for fun, I'm probably throwing a skitter walk. Cause if okay. I'm gonna fish for, if I'm gonna fish for him, I wanna see him come up to the top and eat it. It's just a preference of mine. Uh, it might not always be the best bait, but that's just what I wanna see him do. So if I gotta fish all day for two bites, I'd rather be throwing that. Do you yeah. notice a difference between different tide changes like high tide or go going low or low going high with the, the bait that you're using oh yeah there's, there's a big difference there's a big difference uh if it's once it gets up pretty high you're you're way better off to throw a bait that gets closer to the bottom because that's where he's going to be uh in the shallower water it could be from the bottom to the top because obviously you don't have much room there uh but that that all takes into account all that stuff but then sometimes they'll bite better on the first part of the moving tide. Sometimes they'll bite better at the last part of the incoming tide. You just kind of day to day there. You just, I'm out there six days a week and I have other friends that are out there six days a week with me that work with me. And we pretty much got a pretty good feel for them. Find out what's going on from day to day pretty quick. And you said their, their mouths are on the bottom. So what kind of hooks are you, you using? And is there a specific leader line too? Do they have teeth or anything? Oh yeah, they have, they have teeth, but they're not as bad as like some of your other game fish. I use a 15 pound braid, and then I use a 30 pound fluorocarbon leader, uh, just because we fish around a lot of oyster. That is pretty, 
that's rough edges on it so it that fluorocarbon helps a lot and then like the hooks i use a lot of circle hooks it's just easy for customers to catch them on yep easy thing to use what kind of tips and tricks do you have for somebody like me if i wanted to go uh fish a redfish <laughs> yeah if you if you come down one of the things i was going to mention it too and this is a pretty good tip i i use it in a lot of my seminars if you're fishing on an oyster bar or a shell bar or a grass island and the water the water's pushing on the front side of the the fish are going to be on that front side which is uh you would think he would get behind the island or behind the oyster bar and catch a bait coming over it so he's out of the current but that's not how a redfish sets up especially not in our area he's going to be the front side of it catching everything before it hits the bar and that's a big uh that's a big thing where a lot of people mess up so that'd be your tip of the day right there set up on the front side of it uh and I try to let the wind be my friend. A lot of people hate the wind blowing, but you can use it to your advantage also. Help you set up, make a longer cast. And uh, it's kind of one of the things I was taught. Just don't fight it. Just take what God gives you and make it work. Absolutely. Yeah. Give me a couple recipes for redfish. All right. I was just watching this on my YouTube page, so you, y'all can check that out too. But uh, got a whole clip on there how to grill them. But anyway, <laughs> uh, fried redfish, I use a lot of Zatarans. All seasoning salt, uh, cut the fillets up, cut them up in little smaller pieces. That way they fry better. Get your grease at about 350. Deep fry them puppies. When they start floating around, turn him a little bit. When he gets good and golden, he's done. He's ready to roll. Uh, grilled, I like to leave them on the half shell. It's just, you just fillet the fish off and leave the skin and scales on them. It's one of the easiest ways to cook them. You can put them right down on the grill, skin down. Put whatever seasoning you like on top of them. I like Lowry's all seasoning salt, some lemon pepper. And you never really flip them over. You don't have to put tinfoil down. You just put those fillets right down on the grill on top of their scale because their scales kind of a, it's a bigger scale. So it doesn't stick to the grill and you cook it on, cook it on medium for about three, about, it's about 350 degrees right there. Cook it for about 30 to 45 minutes and you'll see that fillet start to curl up a little bit and the meat will start getting white. And it's, it's pretty much done at that point. It's very good also. So you don't even have to descale them or anything? No, you don't have to descale them or nothing. Just fillet them right off the fish, put the scales down. That meat will just come right off that skin super easy. Uh, I have a lot of people tell me that's how they do salmon. I've never had salmon, so I, I'm pretty much a gulf-eating uh, fish right here in our area. So it's uh, a pretty simple way to do it. Not a lot of mess. Pretty easy to clean up. So, What, what kind of boat are you running? I'm running a 24-foot Carolina skiff with a custom tower. Uh, it's kind of a little mini mini tower on it. It's got sea deck front and back and uh, 225 Mercury four-stroke power poles, all the goodies, man. So there's plenty of pictures of them. Yeah, pull up a photo while I ask you this next one. I want to see your boat yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, you were talking about using push poles, and I've seen that before, but I don't really know. Is that just to, sh to cut off the motor and you can move around in shallow areas or... How does yeah, that work? The, the push pole, I don't necessarily pole the boat that I have now because it's such a big boat, but a lot of the guys use the, the push poles. They get up on the polling platform and the water's super shallow and you can pole that boat really quietly around the, the shallow water fish and those redfish don't spook as bad. Uh, and they can pole big areas and cover a lot of water by just pushing the boat. And uh, a lot of guys use it more for sight fishing, but that's, that's, that's a very effective way to catch fish but it is a lot of work also uh, a lot of guys use a trolling motor which is an electric motor on the front of the boat doesn't spook fish as bad also and you just they use that more throwing artificial baits than they do uh chunking live bait or cut bait like i do uh 
Let's see if you can see it right here. It's a picture of my boat right there. It's got pretty old salt life wrap on the side. But uh, anyway, it gets the job done. I fish four customers plus myself pretty much, pretty regular. So, What's like the normal size for people trying to hunt after redfish for boats? Is it smaller boats, bigger boats, or depending on where you're going, I guess? It depends on where you're going and what and like what do you expect to do or where you expect to go. Uh, I think a 20-foot boat, 20 to 24-foot boat is probably a pretty common size boat uh, around our area it is because you want to be able to handle a little bit of chop also. Yeah, yeah. Does it get pretty rough out there? It can because it's right out in the open gulf. Uh, wind picks up like it has been doing this week. It's pretty bumpy. Wow. That sounds fun though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Six out of fun. seven days getting fish all the time and then, uh, getting after it. I love it. So what oh, yeah. you also, do you, do you ever go tarpon fishing? Uh, very little bit. We do have tarpon. Uh, it's just not my cup of tea. I'm not, I'll be the first one to tell you I'm not the greatest tarpon guy. Uh, there's guys way better than I am, but we, we do have them. And we do catch them, but it's just like somebody calls me and says, hey, I want to go catch a tarpon. I'll usually refer you to somebody better than I am. Yep. When somebody wants to book a trip with you, what can they expect to go after? Is it normally just redfish or what other kind of fish would you be hunting after? Uh, we catch redfish, speckled sea trout, sand trout, triple tail, cobia, Spanish mackerel, bluefish. There's a whole bunch of, there's a whole variety of fish right there. Uh, most of our customers come to catch trout and redfish and triple tail. That's our that's our main three right there. We also catch snook too. Is it pretty hard to catch those trout? No, it's pretty easy. Really? Yeah, per, yeah it's pretty easy. Get on the grass flats and they're pretty easy to find. What about snook? Snook, they're a little more difficult, but they're here. They're definitely in our area. Yeah, they're they're fun to catch. I'll show you a picture one we caught today. I've always uh, it, wanted to catch a snook. Yeah, they're they're pretty good. I've always thought they were cool looking. Yeah. This is one I caught last year. Hey, customer catch last year. Holy smokes. Well, that one's about 40, right at 40 inches. Wow, uh, that is a big fish. <laughs> it's a good one. You talking about <laughs> a serious fight. Uh, snook like... Can you eat snook? Oh, they're very good eating. They're exceptional. Oh, they are? Yeah. This is one we caught today. This one was a little undersized. Uh, Still yeah, rad though. Oh yeah, they're they're beautiful fish. They got they got a uh, their teeth on their jaws aren't real bad, but their gill plates are really sharp, so they cut you off a lot. Yeah, they have they have real sharp gill plates. So they're but they're a fun fish. To, they're acrobats. So when you hook one, if it's one that size, uh, the the keeper size ones, they'll jump all the way out of the water, do a flip. The bigger ones have a hard time jumping because they are so big. So they don't get out of the water real good, but they'll do their best to get up and shake their head and tail walk a little bit. What about the but, cobia? The cobia, we catch them, believe it or not, off manatees in our area. So what? when the yeah, so when the manatees start, I want to look those up. Yeah. So when the manatees get out on the flats coming out of the spring fed creeks and rivers and stuff, they'll start coming through our area and they get out on our flats and start eating the turtle grass. That's him. That's him. So that fish there has to be 33 inches to the fork in our area. So we're talking about a big fish. So they're, 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 they're large, but they like to get under, uh, shady things. So, you know, people put out, they'll be on crab trap buoys, channel markers, uh, wrecks, anything like that. That's some kind of structure. 
So they're really structure oriented. But a manatee provides good shade. They're slow moving. Uh, plus they're, that manatee, when he's feeding around, he's stirring up all kind of stuff off of the bottom and he's just feeding on it. So when we see manatees on the flats, we immediately idle over there to them, try not to spook them and cast some baits around those manatees. And this Kobe will come out from under them things and eat and hammer it. It's pretty neat. I didn't know they got that big. Oh yeah. They get giant, bro. They get Dude, giant. That is crazy. Yeah. Jeez. Well, um, so you said you have a website, give yourself a shout out again for that. And, uh, how busy are you right now? Can people book through you right now? They can book right now, but it'll probably be in July before I have anything open. Uh, I don't know when this will air, but yeah, you can give a shout to me on our website. It's fishcedarkey.com. That's fishcedarkey.com. Uh, pretty easy to remember, but you can email right on there. It goes directly to me and, uh, love to get y'all on the water, guys. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on, Captain Jimbo, and thanks for talking to me about these fish. I mean, I learn something new every single time I talk to people on here. It's, it's <laughs> super awesome. fun. Yeah, you have to get down here. Get down here and go fishing with me sometime. Absolutely. I'd love that. It's, it's crazy yeah. to talk about this stuff, too, because it's so new to me to yeah. talk about East Coast fish versus what I'm looking at. Like right yeah. now, I was, just yeah. watching a vi- I was just watching a video on YouTube of guys catching bluefin tuna out here in April, and I'm like, <laughs> That's awesome. we're getting we're getting bluefin what the heck is going on but yeah it's just different fishing you know yep one last question i have for you in regards to the to the redfish can you get them off fly fly rods oh yeah oh yeah yep they're 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 probably one of the targeted fish in our area for fly oh okay cool yep yep takes a little bigger fly rod but yeah you can get them on it sweet man well hopefully you uh hope Hopefully that wind dies down and gets you some better weather so you can keep going fishing this week. Yeah, buddy. We're going to stay at it. I love it. All right, Captain Jimbo, thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening in to Above and Below, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.